reported. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. You're tuned to the Tech Ranch, and we're going to talk a little cybersecurity with Chris right now uh, because there's some new products out there, Chris. That um, oh, I, I they're, they're phone information sharing stuff, and, and Apple's kind of come out with some new product lines, but a lot of alarm being put up is information secure with this because now everybody's familiar with, oh, touch your phone and and you can pass on information or, you know, scan a QR code for a business card or, um, you know, how, what's the proximity of that? Because, you know, from a security standpoint, when some of this first came out and I had some concerns about, okay, you're walking down the street and somebody bumps into you, are they able to scan your phone or or get information unless you've got that extra security protocol? Lay it out for us. Yeah, I mean, this is, it's nothing new. I mean, it's been around at least, I would say, 10 years. I mean, everyone's familiar with uh, the kiosks uh, when you're out shopping. There's the tap to pay. You could basically hold your phone over it, and then you could pay using your phone. But most of our credit cards nowadays have these near-field communications chips in them. A little Wi-Fi-looking design on your top of your credit card, you just tap to pay. No more inserting the chip. And that actually is, it's a lot more secure for your credit card information than the old swipe because those swipes could, you could install a skimmer on them. And well, and especially if it, so gas stations were notorious for this mm -hmm. because somebody would attach a device and pretty simple to skim. Uh, you just stick that up underneath. Yeah. It. Every time you swiped your card, you were at risk yeah. of somebody stealing your card number. Right. Um, I didn't worry about it at point of sale places as much because you can see all that. But, um, you know, it's cold, it's winter, you're out at the gas station, you stick your card in there. Okay. Part of the problem has been with the, the near field side of it, though, is how near of a field, because especially in the winter, you go and tap your card and you're like, it's not taking. Right. I got to rub it around for a while, maybe warm up the screen. You know, so some of the technology, while it's been there, hasn't been fully perfected. Right. And Apple has had on their phones uh, this feature called AirDrop for a while, where if you allow it, the you can see other folks around you and you can wirelessly send them photos or um, contact information or other information. And by and large, it's, it's a opt-in kind of situation. You send it to somebody and they have to say, yes, I would like to receive this. But now with near-field communication, you can swap stuff just by bringing the phones close together. And one of the big things lately is after iOS 17 came out was, and people are starting to install it, police departments around the world, around the country, started putting on Facebook warning this new feature called name drop is enabled by default on your phone and you need to protect your kids' phone information. So everyone needs to go and follow these steps to turn it off. And my reaction was and the reaction of some of the more um, like tech blogs was like, yeah, but the phones have to be within a couple centimeters of each other. 
and they have to be one on top of each other. And both people have to say yes. And if the phone's locked, they can't get anything from it. You have to unlock the phone. So at the same time, it's like somebody's not going to walk down the street, bump into you and suddenly have all your phone information. You actually have to give it to them. So really the purpose of this is trade shows, um, home shows, any place where you digital version of a business card. Yeah, basically, because who has business cards anymore? Um, you can scan a QR code, but now the thing is, is you can, you can get a lot more information on a, on a QR code. Right. And you have these devices where you get credit card sized business cards that are basically reusable and has all your information stored on it. You just tap it and you can swap it with some other folks. Okay. But I go to a lot of trade shows and one of the things I like to do is drop my business card into that Yeti cooler or whatever the drawing is. It's like, okay, well, that's true. That, that doesn't work now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> how are you going to do How am I going to win the cooler? Put your business card in here, win a free lunch, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. um, I guess I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, a little paradigm shift. We, yeah. we have to figure out how that is going to move forward. Right. So I think people need to be aware that these, you know, wireless ways of sharing information are out there. But there's a reason why it's called near field communication. Um, I just was, um, got back earlier this month from Japan, we were over there for um, International Doge Day. And Japan is very much a business card culture, um, sharing the physical cards. But as I was going through the airports, I kept seeing... Are they smaller cards over in Japan? Oh, about the same size. Standard business cards. Because uh, they shrink a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I was seeing all these passport holders. It's like RFD blocking passport holder. And because all the... The newest um, American passports for security purposes have uh, uh, an RFID chip, a radio frequency chip ah. in them. So you can actually scan your passport at entry points with, without having to, done, having to look and say, okay, is that, is that you? Is that you? It verifies your information tap, basically. Yeah, but what if you have somebody else's passport and you just scan it? And right. So that's why. Oh, okay. So, because I've heard of this that when I started looking into having the... The, the chip in the passport, because I'm currently waiting on my new passport to, to arrive as well. And um, I found out what the answer was, facial recognition software mm -hmm. in conjunction with scanning your passport. Right. Yeah. Uh, when I was, when I went through uh, customs and immigration at Japan, um, well, you to get on the plane, I, they just scanned my face. I didn't have to show a boarding pass or nothing. They scanned my face. I was on the plane. No terrorist watch lists or anything? Nope, you, you were all clean? I was all clean. Okay. And I had to check. When I, when I got there, <laughs> all I had to do was take my glass. I had went to customs, scanned my passport because I had done all of my customs declarations online already with a QR code, scanned my passport, did all my declarations right there before I even got my bags, went through immigration, took my glasses off. They scanned my face, took uh, images of my two thumbprints, and off I went. It was like, Okay, this is very simple. It's better than that was the last time I came over here, which was 30 years ago. And it's like, do you have to declare? Okay, what's your purpose of your visit? And it's, you do it all, all in advance now. <laughs> it's actually coming back. You got to worry about it. It's like, why do you have so much sake? Yeah. <laughs> and I came back, and I came back to Minneapolis. Um, that guy at um, Customs was like, hey, um, what was your purpose? So business or pleasure? So I was over there for business. It's like, well, who do you work for? And I said, National Day Calendar. And he's like, all right, I assume you're not bringing home any um, product supplies for sale. I was like, no. no. 
No calendars in my back pocket. Got some candy. <laughs> uh, that's a great question. I just thought it, Japanese candy. What's that like? Oh, it's a lot sweeter. Is it? Um, yeah, I bought some strawberry flavored popcorn for Marlo. Um, from a street vendor at one of the um, famous uh, street stall places, mm-hmm. shopping street. And he loves popcorn. So bring this over to him. And he just tried it this morning. And he said it's like he's never had an experience where he didn't like the popcorn. And so I tried it too. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is going to be an acquired taste. Because over there, one of the things they sell is candied strawberries. They take fresh strawberries, dip them in a strawberry-flavored hard candy shell. And... That's what's coated the popcorn. So, so if you're not familiar with that flavor of sugar and that glaze, then it's something you're not going to get used to. But I'm used to it. So, okay. I get the popcorn now. <laughs> I'll have to try some. Um, so, going back to the, the chips and the, the near field chips, because um, I'm trying to figure out where this is going to wind up being because, you know, there's a lot of products out there now that are starting to pop up. Um, whether it's not the phone or how do you carry a chip with information. Um, there's bracelets out there now that, uh, here, here's all my information right here. Um, eventually, if you want to be the conspiracy theorists, uh, you know, chips, implant chip, just like uh, you do with your dog or your pet with mm-hmm. a, a tracking chip. Uh, but that chip could have all your information on. Is that where some of this is going eventually? Or what, do you, what are your thoughts? I don't know. I mean, I've heard, and it could be apocryphal or just anecdotal, that some high, some richer families down in Mexico protect their families from the cartels by implanting microchips in their families so they can easily track their kids if their kids are kidnapped by the cartels or something like that. I don't know if that's sci-fi or Hollywood filling my brain with information or if it's real. Um, The old uh, Sylvester Stallone movie, Demolition Man that came out in the early 90s. Um, everybody there's got a chip in their hand. Oh, yeah. And, um, or, or even Idiocracy, the, the QR code mm-hmm. that was um, tattooed on everybody's wrist. Right. So I think what it comes down to is just common sense. Much like if you're going to an unsecured public Wi-Fi, don't do your stock day trading using the public Wi-Fi. Leave the banking alone. Yeah. Don't. And when you're at home, make sure you have a password on your Wi-Fi, that kind of stuff. Um, put a password on your computer and just be, co- be aware of your surroundings, I would say. Digitally. I, you know, I tell that to my wife all the time, physically, that you need to be aware of your surroundings more. Mm-hmm. And you, we don't always think about the digital side of that. Digitally, you need to be aware of your surroundings. You need to be... Um, you know, if you're looking up a recipe for dinner and, but you need to be aware of the digital surroundings and, and what's there for potential pop-ups or what's there, for, what looks out of the ordinary, because it could be the simplest thing that you notice that, okay, this isn't what I normally see when I pull up this good housekeeping website mm-hmm. for my recipe. But, uh, but so The digital side of being aware of your surroundings is very important. (laughs) No, I think you're absolutely right. The fishers that that would try to spoof us and get us to uh, log into our Amazon account because something's been wrong, please log in here and we'll fix it for you. Oh, I need your credit card information in order to fix this. And then they steal your information. 
we've gotten wise to a lot of that. So they're finding new and unique ways of trying to pull that information or to get you to give up information. Because when it comes to cybersecurity, the weakest link is ourselves. Mm -hmm. We are too trusting a lot of times. And um, we just need to be more aware and more skeptical of what's around us. But not so overboard that a simple change in an operating system is suddenly worth worth a hundred different police departments blasting out warnings and freaking out parents. Oh, we're all familiar with phone scams and that side of it, but the digital side of scams, you know, we're familiar with the emails, but just being aware of your digital surroundings also vitally important. Welcome back to the Tech Ranch. Let's get back to discovering the latest in technology with the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. One of the other cool things that's out there from a communication standpoint, because there's a lot of technology on the communication of things, translation. And and we're kind of familiar, and it's sort of work if if you've ever played with it on your phone. Um, There's usually some translation programming into your phone. It's through the talk to text. So depending on how robust your talk to text program is or app on your phone, um, you can loosely navigate if you're out of the country. And, but now there's some new products out there that just pop the earbud in. You're good. Yeah. Um, again, this kind of goes back to um, when I was in Japan, I, you, you, I speak the language um, fairly reasonably well that I can navigate. I'm by no means fluent, but I can have a conversation. But at the hotel we were checking in, they had these little pocket translator devices there so you could um, communicate with the concierge or the clerk um a lot of the folks that were there for this international doge day and there's they had like 100 people at this uh, proclamation event and multiple nationalities yep they had um the mayor was up there and he was giving his speech and then we had an interpreter who gave his speech in english after the fact but apparently i was visiting with the interpreter he changed his speech so the, what he delivered was not what she had in front of her and already translated. <laughs> um, same thing. I read the, the proclamation and I had made some changes on the fly on the airplane. Um, so what I'm reading is not what she had translated. So having this instantaneous ability to translate on the fly would be really, really great. Um, you can do it with Google Translate on your phone reasonably well. You talk into it and then it'll read back whatever it is in the end. Yeah, the, the, the most Japanese I know is Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto. So yes. <laughs> that's the extent of my Japanese language skills. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Sticks. All right. Yeah, so I've, there's a company called Waverly Labs. Um, back in 2016 on Kickstarter, they came out with these earbuds that would do that. Basically, it communicated with your cell phone and speech to text, it would convert what it heard into text, translate it, convert it back into another language, and then you would share the earbud with somebody else, and they could hear their own language. Um, they sold uh, so about 10, 50,000 of those maybe, and now they're getting into the professional market. So they have these new over-the-ear ones that are more hygienic. After COVID, everyone's thinking, oh, I'm not going to stick your phone in my ear, you know? Um, and it's gotten better, but it's nowhere near Star Trek Universal Translator type. Reading some of the reviews, everyone's like, well, I have to wait. Or it doesn't, I can't speak at normal speed. I have to slow down. And it's like, well, 
that's not a necessarily an issue that's with not. the translation. That's just speech to text generally. Oh, I can't listen to a foreign language film with this. It's like, that's because they're designed for in-person interaction. Digital audio is a lot different acoustically right. than in-person audio. And so AI is helping with a lot of this. Um, there's a competing company um, out of China called Time Kettle that has their new versions offers what they call simultaneous, where you each have a earbud and you're talking, you're talking, and then it's constantly translating as you go. And for me, that's, that just sounds confusing. A little bit. I mean, at the United Nations, that's what you have. You have well, and, and that's what I was going to bring up is the, you know, you took a look at the international conferences or the mm -hmm. United Nations and, and these different summits that there's an international flavor to it. And yeah, the back room that is full of multilinguistic translators right. is hacked. And it takes years and years to learn how to do. Yeah. Because you're listening. And you're speaking at the same time. You have to learn how to disconnect your brain somehow. Yeah. And so for us to expect humans to pick that up when they're being tourists is, is really kind of... A little much to ask. Yeah, too much to ask. But professionally, though, e even on the professional level with the professional translators that are able to do that at that level, um, that's, that's hard. There's, there's only a handful of those people. Right. And you look at something like the European Union has 23 official languages and everything has to be done in each of the official languages at the same time. I mean, they have one constitution that's the official version in all 23 languages. So how can one document and all the translations be the original? Right. Yeah. It, so it, well, plus there's nuances in language. Right. So every language has, if it means something in this, the equivalent word could mean something entirely different in a different language. So I think that these earbuds, they're, they're getting there. Um, but again, it's short sentences. Um, if you need something that's more in-depth, it's not going to get the nuance. I think the ultimate goal is to have something speak in your own voice. And kind of get those intonations and the emotion and the nuance. That's another five, seven years out probably. But as of right now, I just have to talk really slowly. Right. Absolutely. Uh, you know, um, you mentioned the AI side of that. Mm -hmm. I, I think because where we were two months ago versus today, entirely different. But two months ago to today to two months from now, um, when it comes to the language side of stuff, that was one of the things that with chat GPT that was being missed out on was there's nuance to language. Mm -hmm. And we're just take the English language because we're fluent in that. Um, but inflection, um, the facial side of mm -hmm. the thing. I mean, there, there's so many little cues that we pick up when we communicate with someone directly. That was my big complaint when everybody started, oh, stop talking to everybody, just text them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you're sitting next to them. But where you're texting, what you lose so many nuances in communication. So you lose the intent of what a word or a phrase says. AI's made some incredible strides very quickly into picking up those cues or learning how to use the inflection there, the un, 
verbal cues and the different facets of communicating with language versus sending up smoke signals. Right. I think that's the ultimate goal um, with AI. Even if you're saying, please write me a poem or a term paper or something or whatever you want it to write, the same thing applies to kind of the, the neural the neural learning that's going behind the scenes. It's only as good as what you feed it. Um, when Google Translate first came out, they were doing a, a one-to-one kind of translation. They would say, okay, well, here's a document in English and here's the same document in Chinese. Um, we're going to compare the two and then that's how we're going to translate. So it was basically pre-written texts and what they call parallel texts. But now they're focusing more on the neural side of things where they it's smart. It's thinking on the fly to try and get the, um, the right nuance. Um, I think that's the direction you need to go. I remember back in the early nineties, I went to a Kabuki play in Japan and didn't understand what was going on, but I was able to rent a device that didn't give me a one-to-one translation of what was going on on stage. It, More of a narrative. It gave me a narrative and it explained what was going on on stage to me. It's like me with opera. That's, that's, where, that's, <laughs> that's where we need to go. Don't, don't focus on one-to-one translation. Give me the gist of what's happening yeah. so I can actually have a conversation with somebody. Uh, you know, I, I, I say this when the concerns about the educational side with ChatGPT first popped up. It's like, well, kids are not going to write papers and this and that. I'm like, yeah. But if somebody's too lazy to write the paper in the first place, they're definitely going to be too lazy to go back and edit. And it's pretty obvious that you didn't write that. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the nuances of language. And we're back. Don't miss a minute of the Tech Ranch as we explore the cutting edge of tech with Marlo and Steve. For more exclusive content, visit thetechranch.com. When it comes to technology, one of the cool things that's out there is CES, Consumer Electronics Show. Marlo has an opportunity to go there every year and, uh, One of the things that he finds are all these different products that maybe you haven't heard about in the past because they're brand new. They're they're cutting edge technology. They're out there trying to find funding projects. One of the ones that Marlo found a couple of years back actually is on the market now, and we're going to get to that here. But providing four products unveiled at CES 2019, Marlo interviewed the Avine, which is a device that will aerate wine and get ready to drink faster. GoSun has a solar-powered grill. Artesian, and this is the one I'm talking about because recently we've heard ads out there. How, how do you make the perfect cocktail? Well, Bertesian has taken the technology behind the Keurig to make the perfect cocktail. So uh, when I heard this, because I was familiar with the interview that Marlo had done, uh, when I heard this uh, on national radio ads, I was like, wait a minute, I know that product. <laughs> and they perfected it. It's how you make the perfect cocktail. So we'll find out about uh, the backstory to Bartesian in a few minutes as well. But uh, brew tea is the other one. Uh, they've found a way to make tea time a whole lot easier. So uh, sit back and enjoy some of the interviews and find out where some of these products came from with Marlo at CES 2019. I know everybody that's watching this is a connoisseur of wine, right? 
you know how long you should open the wine to let it breathe before you serve it, maybe the proper temperature, you know all that stuff, right? Well, if you don't, this is your new best friend. I'm telling you right now. So Matthew, tell me a little bit about your company. Uh, Aven is a company that wants to provide products and services for uh, wine lovers. But uh, they are amateurs or professional. Okay. And the first product we made is the Smart Wine Aerator. It's the product that aerates the wine instantly, depending on the wine. We got an app, so we're gonna scan the label with the application that will recognize the wine and calibrate the product directly. Okay. Then you just have to pour the wine, and as it goes through the product, the wine is perfectly aerated, as if you had opened your bottle five hours before. So you're always gonna make me look good, because I'm gonna take a picture of the wine bottle, and it's gonna tell me how long you're gonna set that, and you're gonna pour the wine, and it's gonna be aerated for exactly how it is. It's, that's an amazing thing. Exactly, thank you very much. And, and I will say, and it's only because I have tested this, that it's true. I mean, it's amazing how different the wine is. If you were to pour it right out of the bottle when you open it, and then you do, you, with your app and your device, and it says that you have to area it for five hours or what have you, that immediately you can pour it through there and the, bo the bouquet, the taste of the wine, everything is different and much more flavorful. I was, I was actually blown away. I have to tell you, I'm still just raving about your product a couple days later. So it's an amazing, amazing accomplishment. Thank you very much. And the funniest thing that we do also when uh, we had that tasting a couple days ago uh, is that we tried without aeration, we tried with five hours of aeration, which right. was recommended by the application, but we also tried with 24 hours of aeration, right. which showed uh, that it killed the wine. Right. It didn't taste anything, it was very, very strange. So it shows that the right amount of, of aeration uh, reveals the best of the wine. And if right. you do it too much, you can kill a wine. Right. If you don't do it enough, the wine is not as good as it, should, it right, could be. Right, right. So now I'm assuming the product is available? Yes. Okay. Uh, we just, uh, we are having the, the first batch at the end of the month. And uh, we are delivering this batch from 3,000 products all around the world uh, from January to April. So as they are all sold, we are still in demand. So you can uh, pre-buy the product and okay. you'll have it in June. Okay. Uh, and as it's on pre-sales, you have a big discount. Very nice. Because the product price is uh, $250 uh, on retail price. Okay. And as it's on pre-sales, it's $175. Okay. Very nice. And where can we find out more information about your product? You go on the website, www.aven.paris. Aven, A-V-E-I-N-E. Dot Paris, you know how to spell that. Right, right, right. And I'm telling you right now, Matthew's my new best friend. So this is your Guru of Geek at the, uh, CES 
couple years ago, had the opportunity to visit with GoSun. I uh, love this product. In fact, they were my CES pick of the year a couple years ago, uh, which was very exciting. And it's basically, a, well, I shouldn't say basically, it is a solar grill. And uh, so I have Patrick back, and uh, we're going to talk about how you've, you know, how your product has evolved over the last couple of years, because it sounds like it has. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we're kind of a breakthrough, fuel-free cooking device. And, um, you know, basically we're trying to figure out how to thrive without using volatile, faraway energy sources. Um, we, we cook inside this amazing vacuum-insulated chamber, so we can achieve amazing hot temperature, cook a meal in 20 minutes with nothing but sunlight. Our product's portable and durable, real easy to use. And uh, we launched a few years back. We have like 30,000 happy customers, but we're constantly trying to break into a bigger customer base, more mainstream. So we uh, recently launched a hybrid version. Um, the hybrid basically means that you're not only cooking with sunshine when it's available during the day, you can also cook with electricity uh, at night or when it's raining. Okay. That's a 12 volt electric. So it's like electric that you can find anywhere in a car, RV boat. Um, we're, we're using 150 watts of electricity. So that's like one tenth the power of a toaster oven. So now what's unique about that, in fact, I brought my, uh, my power bank, is this right here becomes the fuel canister of the future. This little two pound pack can cook a meal for five people in less than an hour using this lithium ion stored power. Wow. And then we can charge this in a couple of hours with a 50 watt solar panel. So you can you know, use solar day or night. Uh, so I'm guessing that uh, besides just powering the GoSun, right, you would be able to power other things as well with this? Oh, I'm glad you asked, Marlo. Uh, we're actually working towards an entire outdoor kitchen that's uh, fuel-free. And the idea is now you can carry the cooking apparatus, sanitation, power generation supply, as well as refrigeration. Okay. So we're, we're unveiling today, today at CES 2019 um, a portable refrigerator. runs on a brushless DC compressor. It's got an insulated air gap canopy. thing is unbelievably efficient. You can keep beers cold all day with that power bank. Uh, you can even make ice in it. Wow. And, so we're, and, and then we incorporated it into this... Um, this tabletop that's got a solar panel on. So so all of it's portable. Uh, the whole package is around $1,200. We're going to be making it available through crowdfunding in the, in the spring. Okay. And, you know, again, gone are the days of burning stuff to have a barbecue. We all know it's great to gather around food and get outdoors. Uh, now you don't have to have smoke, and you can do it on renewable energy. So you, your tabletop, you, you, were, you just fascinated me even more about this, right? So this tabletop sitting there all the time, right. not being used 98% of the time, right? That's so right. now you're collecting energy while you're out enjoying camping or whatever. There so. you go. So the That's idea amazing. was like, uh, you know, a lot of the other portable solar stuff is great, but it's uh, you can't use the solar as a surface for anything. Right, right. So why carry around this big panel when you can't also use it? So we've doubled those functions. Yeah, that's that's very clever, actually. And, um, you know, tables are always needed. Whenever you have one, it gets packed full of stuff. Yep, And yep. so then you can put the cooking device on top of the table. You can chop up the foods. And you can have the cooler underneath the table staying out of the sun. Very nice. So where do we find about, out about all these amazing products? Yeah, we have a great website at gosun.co. Okay. And um, we're doing a lot of work with Home Depot and Amazon, and um, we're getting into, like, REIs, and we're trying to be a mainstream brand um, for anybody in recreation and disaster relief. 
Very nice. So we're, we're trying to expand into uh, helping out people like the American Red Cross and the United Nations Foundation trying to serve those that, that need these products when there's no power. Okay, okay. Thanks, Patrick. Thank this you, is Marlo Anderson, your guru of geek at CES 2019. Mixing the perfect margarita. It's always a challenge, isn't it? But I think we have a solution for this. So tell us a little bit about your company. Absolutely. So uh, Bartesian is all about premium cocktails on demand. Uh, with a unit you keep stocked with the spirits of your choice or the brands of your choice, uh, vodka, rum, gin, tequila, whiskey. And there's also a water reservoir. And the water reservoir comes into play because our, our capsules contain all of the very real but concentrated ingredients. So you make your cocktail selection. Uh, inserted into the into Bartesian. As soon as you close the lid, uh, the Bartesian identifies the drink, and the only thing you're doing uh, work-wise is selecting the strength of the cocktail. So light, regular, strong. Hit mix. Takes about 15 seconds to dispense. Uh, self cleans between drinks, and each spirit travels over its own tube to protect the integrity of the flavor. Very interesting. Absolutely. So, so how many different uh, cocktails right now so do you have? We're, we're launching in March, okay. and we're launching with six flavors. Okay. Uh, but we wholly realize that in order to keep this exciting and relevant, is going to be very aggressive on the drinks, both with classics and uh, trending cocktails. So okay. uh, we will be at probably in the range of about 20 drinks uh, by the end of this year. So I'm assuming that this is something for the home, Absolutely. right? But do you anticipate this going into bars and Certainly. restaurants I mean, as well? There's yeah. Tremendous application outside of the home when you consider uh, hotel lounges, airport lounges, stadium suites, um, uh, family-oriented restaurants. Absolutely, where perhaps right now they're only serving rum and, and, and wine or beer and wine rather uh, because they don't have a, a bartender right. on, on site. Right. So tremendous application there as well. Yeah, that's very very cool. Mm -hmm. So. And you said these are coming out in March? Absolutely. Where do we find more information about your product? Uh, Bartesian.com. Okay, very good. Sure. And have you done, um, I should have asked this before, I guess, but uh, Kickstarter or anything along yeah, those lines? Yeah, we did or? Kickstarter okay. a few years back. It was okay. before my time. Okay. Uh, I do know that we were the uh, we were in the top 1% uh, okay. of the year that we did our campaign. Okay. It was, uh, it was quite a success. Because your name was familiar to me, that's why, and I thought oh, I'd really? seen it on Kickstarter. Okay, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I posted a few updates on our campaign okay. after I came on board, but yeah, absolutely. Okay, very good, very Great. good. All right. This is your guru of geek, Marlo Anderson at CES 2019. One of the challenges for tea lovers is the length of time a lot of times it takes to make tea. Well, I'm, I'm visiting with Bogdan here. He is with a company called Brew out of Switzerland. Uh, of course, known for hot chocolate, right? Yeah. Well, and maybe other chocolate things, but I think you might be known for tea in the future. So tell me a little bit about what you got going on here. Yeah, thanks uh, for having us here. Uh, at Brew, we are about to simplify the tea making process, but without changing it. So it's, it's still a traditional tea making process. Uh, the tea steeps in the machine, but we, yeah, totally automate it. And we yeah, remove all the hustle that you have if you make it in a manual way by using a kettle or something like that. Right. Well, as we were watching you earlier, you were actually measuring tea and putting it into like a, a, a metal cup. Exactly. That went in. So tell, talk about that process a little bit. 
Yeah, uh, so what you saw is basically a sieve. It's, it's the sieve that holds the tea. Okay. So, uh, and, and the machine takes care of all the other parameters, so the steeping time, the water amount, the water temperature, and it also adds consistency to the whole tea preparation um, process. And I can use any kind of tea I want. Yeah, that, that's exactly the point. So we don't want to force the user to use only one specific tea as it's right. done with capsules. Yep. We just want to provide a tool that simplifies the process. So you can use any tea, loose leaf tea, tea in tea bags, so you can use fresh herbs, just yeah, put it in the machine, press the button, and the perfect drink will be prepared. Right, so while we were talking now, this was actually steeping tea, yeah. and here we go. Now it's serving, that's the tea, and now also, if you want to add convenience into the tea preparation, you need to solve the cleaning problem. Right. And we solved that with some patented technology that we are using here. So patent granted, not just applied. Granted patent, very strong. Yep. And we made just a black tea. Now, if you want to make another tea, the only thing that you need to do is actually just take, like open the lid okay. and remove this brewing chamber. Okay. That's it. You don't need to clean the machine. Don't do anything. Just, just change it out. Change it out and make another cup of tea. So is this available on the market already? Uh, we did a, a pre-sold, uh, like a crowdfunding pre-sale campaign. Okay. We plan to launch in a couple of months. We are right now in the certification stage. So yeah, in a couple of months, it will be available in the stores. Congratulations on all that, by Thank the way. So that's much. fantastic. So this is your guru of geek, Marlo Anderson at CES 2022. Thanks for staying with us on the Tech Ranch. Let's rejoin Marlo and Steve as they guide us through the fascinating world of technology. We missed you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. It's been... <laughs> I love how we attempted to do the, to do the show last week. But we ran into some technical issues because uh, apparently the island you bought in the Caribbean didn't have uh, uh, good enough Wi-Fi service. So, Okay, so rumor is I, I did not buy an island. Okay, you know, just spell that rumor. I was just sit, sitting on the boat. Just a long-term lease. But truly... truly I truly felt like the internet connection was going to be strong enough so that you and I could do the show, and I was sadly mistaken about that. You know, with your friends at NASA, why do you just not go satellites straight, straight to the satellite from now on? All right, maybe I will. I did hear a rumor that, speaking of NASA, that their, their internet, and did you see this? You know, the average, the highest speed the internet that like you and I get nowadays is like one to two gigabits right. per second, right? Uh, theirs is rated at 93. Wow. <laughs> okay, e e even better. 93. When I walk out of my house, I, my Wi-Fi is gone. I if I get into the, out of the garage and I have no Wi-Fi connection. So yeah. I'm really hateful when I'm switching phone calls because I'm on the phone in the house and it makes a Wi-Fi call. Then I step out of the garage and drop call. It's like they don't get drop calls and they're in space. It's amazing. They have really good Wi-Fi. They do. <laughs> really good Wi-Fi. So did you see the did you see the space launch that I yeah. that I put up on Facebook? I did. That was so well, cool. I shouldn't say space launch, but the rocket launch. Yeah. yeah. So SpaceX, which was a few days after the, how did they term that? Um, unscheduled, rapid, uh, de disassembly. <laughs> yes, that's correct. That's correct. Star, now, that's what they starship. Yeah, that, now, that, that yeah. happens when stuff blows up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I was uh um I was on the boat and I'm looking through a news feed and there's this pop up that came up on my 
on my phone and I'm like, there's no, there's no launch scheduled for tonight, but they, they were this before the newspaper was putting two and two together that SpaceX had, you know, apparently filed some paperwork that is obviously available to the public. And, uh, in that paperwork, they wanted a launch window from 11 PM to 4 AM tonight. Well, that like tonight. And it was only supposed to be a three hour tour, three hour tour. That's right. And I'm looking at that and I'm like, really? And, and, and I go on the SpaceX's website. There's nothing about the launch really? on there at all. And I'm, I'm, but I'm kind of excited. We are Southeast of Cape Canaveral. And I'm like, perfect place to be. This is generally, if the weather is good, this is the direction that they're probably in. And then because of the way the earth turns and all that stuff, that's generally how it's going to go. Right. So I'm like, this is kind of exciting, but nobody knows, but it's not on SpaceX's website. There's nothing about this. And at nine 30, I'm on deck 11 of the boat and I'm looking out and there's a boat out there and I'm always curious about what's going on, you know, and I'm, I take my phone and I zoom in on it. It's the SpaceX boat out the chase boat, just out off, off of the, off of the boat I'm on. And, and I'm like, oh my goodness, this it's is like, gonna it's really going to happen. Right. So I, I grab the rest of the family. I say, Hey, I think there's a launch and I think it's going to come right at us tonight. So we, you know, gather about a uh, quarter to 11. I'm on the back of, uh, we're on the Disney wish. That would be called the fan tail, Marlo. Yeah. And back there and a few other people. And then I, I would look on SpaceX and now they're announcing. I mean, they got the actual, you know, launch going on or whatever. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So I put it up there and a few people come walking by, but it's very, very quiet on the back of the boat. So there was probably about 15 of us and they were talking like the fan tail six, six minutes left to go. And I don't know if it was a delay and in, in the, the time it takes to get the signal out to where we were at or whatever. And we're like, and I have a compass. I'm literally out there trying to figure out where the launch is going to come from. I bet somebody didn't have fluid in the lighter. They had to find a book of matches to get that. <laughs> and, fire somebody, and somebody goes, as I'm looking at this thing, trying to figure out, they're going, well, what about that big white light over there? <laughs> and, I looked, and I'm like, I guess that's where the launch is at. You know, and it <laughs> takes. <laughs> Marlo, come to the light. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, and, and we're watching it. And this, and the rocket is, is coming right at us. I mean, it's just, cool. it, it was so cool. And as it got above us, the, you know, you could start seeing the plume a little bit. And as it came over, the plume was just this huge, long, multicolored thing. You never see this on a launch because you're not, oh, you're not there. there. You're, you're not underneath this thing as it's going horizontal in the sky. Right. And, and, uh, and it was just a couple degrees off of the moon. The moon was full that night. I thought for about a minute that that thing is going to cross between the boat and the full moon. And I was going to get this image of the, uh, the SpaceX. Captain, can you move yep. the boat a little bit? <laughs> it was absolutely incredible. Yeah. And then, uh, um, and then I had heard that they were going to use a parachute to, to bring the, the booster down, right? Because usually they land on the boat. Well, that was my next question. Did the booster so, fall on you? So I'm I'm disappointed when I heard that, right? So it, it goes beyond us and uh, and I stopped filming and I put my camera or my phone in my back pocket and all of a sudden the flare off of uh, just like, you know, maybe 10 miles southeast of us. And I'm like, no, 
you know, I'm trying fumbling for my for my phone again because I'm gonna miss this thing and then drop it in the ocean over the rail. And I, I I didn't get my camera activated fast enough because by the time I was able to activate it, it was done. It just that quick, it's just done. It takes only twenty seconds, you know. So, uh, but yeah, it did actually land on the drone ship. Anyway, wow. So it was quite quite the sight. It really was. That's and cool. I'm obviously still jazzed about yeah being, apparently yeah it was the to me it was the best part of the vacation not that i didn't have a great time but that was spectacular just spectacular well and it was a bonus because it wasn't something you were planning on did just happened the seas are calm so the you know you see the reflection in the water i mean it was just like you couldn't have asked for a better night to have this goal oh, it was a great video yeah i really wanted to see the the booster I'm sorry. I really feel bad about it. You should. Yeah, you can catch it online somewhere. But it won't be the same because yeah. it wasn't right over you. Yeah. Yeah, I just had this interesting thought. So it was supposed to be a three-hour tour, but do you ever think that Gilligan's Island, don't look at it as they got stranded on the island. They just got the bonus plan for the tour. They got their money's worth. They certainly got their, certainly got their money's worth. Years and years worth. Those poor people. <laughs> Just like you got your money's worth on this cruise. Yeah, I truly got my money's worth on the cruise. That that I would have paid twice for I mean, that was just a bonus thing for the cruise. It was it was spectacular. I don't even know how to describe it. It was just it's unbelievable to see that, you know, we as in man have, you know, continued to develop this technology and and uh and there's 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 actually beauty in it. I mean that that plume that was coming off the back of this rocket was just a sight to behold. It's hard to explain it because the camera that, you know, that I filmed it with, you know, on my phone doesn't give it justice. I mean, it was this long, long tail uh, that for whatever reason, it was dark out. So I suppose the camera can't adjust to this fast moving object across the sky, you know, but it was spectacular. Just so where was that uh, launch going? So they were putting uh, Starlink satellites up. I think 24 they were deploying or something like that. So I'm sure there was a few million people that were freaked out by this long streak of light going across the sky for, for a couple of days. But It's funny there aren't more boats out there. I agree with that. This would be something I would pay for, actually. Absolutely. So we should start that. This would be another company you and I could start up. Whole cottage industry. Yep. If you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. With today's RM World Travel Minute, I'm Mary Carey. Thanks for tuning in. October surpassed June in 2022 as the busiest month for weddings. Maybe it's better pricing, seasonable weather, and fall foliage as a backdrop. Whatever the case, October's having a wedding moment. We spoke to Gabby Rello Duffy with Brides on our long-form weekend show recently and discussed ways to make a destination wedding more organized and really benefit your guests. First, determine if the location is truly a destination guests will be able to take enough time off for and get to reasonably without breaking that bank. Find a travel advisor who can assist guests in booking flights as well as any sightseeing they may want 
want to do on their own. For guests, generally you do want to stay at the hotel the bride and groom have blocked rooms aside for, as that rate is going to be discounted. And there may be activities on site, but you don't have to. And brides-to-be, remember, wedding advisors have strong connections and often have promos and all kinds of discounts to offer for local restaurants and local attractions. So enjoy the big day and definitely enjoy that destination. And you can always find more travel info at rmworldtravel.com. Have a great day, everyone. Talk of the town. Local, interesting. A lot of things going on with flood insurance in the Bismarck-Mandan area and some things you need to know concerning the Missouri River and some changes that have taken place. And, well, are you even going to be able to get flood insurance? Community events. Home Builders Association Parade of Homes going on started yesterday. We'll get the update on that as well this weekend on Super Talk 1270. Community organizations. I'm Steve Bakken, along with Sarah Kelsch from the Bismarck Cancer Center. But I want to talk about the mission and where the mission has gone for those that are served that are dealing with the cancer fight. What's going on in our community? That's Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. If you missed the show, check out the podcast on demand on the Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Talk of the Town thanks our sponsors. Big Boy, Dakota Pharmacy, Benchmark Mortgage, Trademark Realty, Silver Ranch, Peak Automotive and Service, and Runnings. Talk of the Town with Steve Bakken, Monday through Friday, 9 to 11, on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. XXAM, Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. Here's the latest from ABC News. I'm Michelle Franzen. Israel continues to target Hamas in southern Gaza at the same time Israeli forces still searching for the more than 130 hostages that remain held by Hamas. Both sides confirming an attempt to rescue some of those hostages in Gaza this week failed with one hostage killed. Israel and Hamas confirm Israeli forces did make a failed attempt to rescue hostages inside Gaza. Hamas has claimed one hostage, 25-year-old Sahar Baruch, was killed during those attempts on Friday. Baruch's family has now confirmed his death, but not the circumstances. The Israel Defense Forces also said at least two of its soldiers were seriously wounded and that no hostages were recovered in the rescue effort. Patrick Revel, ABC News, at the Foreign Desk. Liz Cheney ousted by her own party after criticizing former President Trump for the January 6th attack on the Capitol is not ruling out a possible presidential run for herself. In an interview with ABC's Jonathan Carl that airs on This Week, Cheney warns of the potential dangers, she says, of a second Trump presidency. The uh, wishful thinking that we see from so many people now suggesting, no, he will certainly now abide by the rulings of the courts or be stopped by the guardrails of our of our democracy simply simply that wishful thinking. The full interview airs Sunday. The Supreme Court of Texas reversing a lower court's temporary hold on the state's abortion law that would have allowed a pregnant woman experiencing health issues with her baby to get an emergency abortion. That case could be appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court. Here's ABC's Elizabeth Schulze. We have not seen a case like this since the Supreme Court issued its decision on Roe v. Wade back in 1973. In this case, a woman in Texas with severe pregnancy complications is suing the state to to allow her access to an emergency abortion. And now the state Supreme Court is weighing in, putting that request on hold. This is ABC. Super Talk 1270, Bismarck area weather. 
With weather, I'm Corey Hartman. For today, mostly sunny, some blowing snow throughout the day as winds gust over 40 miles per hour. The high, 32. Clearing out tonight, we drop to the mid-teens. For Sunday, mostly cloudy, highs near 32. For Monday, mostly sunny, 33. Are you behind on your tax payments? Call Tax Solutions now for help. 800-281-8193. Currently 29 degrees. Fiala, Fiala works it down the right side, played in by Erickson. Elbow to the bench for the extra attacker. A minute to play here in the hockey game. Little centering pass in front. Bouncing puck, they score! Vicarello knocked it ahead. Kaprizov was there. We'll see who gets credit. But with 57.7 seconds to go, the Wild have come up off the deck and tied the hockey game 5-5. Minnesota Wild Hockey on Super Talk 1270. Catch the Tech Ranch with Marlo Anderson and Steve Bakken on Super Talk 1270, Saturday afternoons 1 till 4 on Super Talk 1270. Portions of the following program are pre recorded. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. Hey, have you seen... uh... Oh, you are going to love this. You, you, you know who invited me to their booth at CES in a couple weeks? Uh, yes, sir. Ding, ding, ding. I have a personal invite to their booth. And of course, you're going to let them know I'm their biggest fan. Well, of course I'm going to. In fact, I have a feeling that this is why I have a personal invite to the booth. Okay. It has to be. I don't know how else they would have. I don't know how they found a way to introduce me personally to Yarbo to their booth. And it says in the email, I mean, maybe, maybe it's, you know, I'm sure it's probably auto generated to everybody who's press going to say to the event, but, but, uh, no, 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 it's not. We're going to go with the first, uh, inclination. It sure. It sure felt like, yeah, I'll show up at our Yarbo event and yeah, they have a bunch of stuff and, and, uh, yeah. So I will be there. All right. Go to Yarbo. I'm going to work on a way to get you a Yarbo. Okay, because it's the pooper picker upper part. Uh, well, you the garbage taker outer part and, and the snowblower part. I'm sure there are plenty of people that are listening right now who have never, who are joining us maybe for the first or second time that don't know what we're talking about. So what is a Yarbo? So Yarbo is this coolest little robot thingy and uh, um, It'll even take your garbage. So you're familiar with autonomous lawnmowers, right? It's basically, it's kind of along those lines, um, but on or, steroids. Or at least a robotic. Yeah, it's bigger. a robotic. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's like a, for your yard. It, yeah. It's a big. Uh, so it mows your yard. Yeah. It, uh, um, it will pick up the leaves. And uh, it's got a blower attachment on it. So, I, so I'm thinking it's like if it's out working while it's snowing, it could just blow the snow off the sidewalk. Well, it has a, it does push snow as well. Yeah. So there's an attachment. So when it snows, it has a sensor on it. So it'll start moving the snow off. Dusting. Yeah. You could, you could just blow it off just that blow way. Blow it off. Yeah. I wonder if it knows. 
Well, you'd have to have the attachment. Can you program it? It's like, hey, put this over in the neighbor's yard. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, it's asking for a friend. It's kind of like an all-in-one yard robot. Yeah. That they call the Yarbo. It even takes your garbage out. It does. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. And I couldn't be more excited. In fact, when I got that invitation, I've got a lot of invitations, by the way. But that one really, really excited me. Because I know how excited you're going to be about this. Well, and the CES interviews that you do, because you go every year, um, they're some of the funnest parts of the show because listening to the different technology and, and you know, even going back um, and then, hey, that's out now because a lot of stuff gets cracked at CES you know, it's introduced. It's like, hey, we're we have this great idea. Here's this technology. Uh, we're looking for funding. It, it's 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 a working event. It is, it is true. And I, I think I've gotten better over the years at picking up on products or whatever that are actually going to make it. Because if you ever look at some of my earlier stuff, it seems like I had there was like this. This, if Marlo did the interview, you might as well just kiss your company goodbye. Oh, no. I felt like for the longest time. Uh, and then I had... Uh, Marlo kiss of death. That's right. Uh, but I didn't know what I was doing. I was always working the fringes, wow. you know, cause the, the low-cost booths because they would want to talk to you or whatever. Now it's the exact opposite because I've been doing it forever. Everybody wants to talk to me. The low-cost booth are like, if Marlo talks to you, we're yeah. done. Yeah. No, yeah. don't talk to Marlo. <laughs> uh have, are you familiar with the brand Deeper, D-E-E-P-R? No. So Deeper is a sonar that looks like a fishing bobber. But, oh, that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think you and I have actually talked. We've talked about that, right? yeah. So my relationship with that company started at CES a couple of years ago. Uh, this was probably four or five years ago. And, it, you know, it's like anything else. You don't really maybe understand the impact of what you do until you hear a story back about something, right? And and you've been in radio and, and some TV for a lot of years, not me. I mean, I'm relatively new to this space and not a full-time gig for me, right? So I just look at it as a hobby type of thing. So I didn't think that what I did at CES really, I mean, it was fun for me, because I get to meet all this emerging technology, but I really didn't think I had that much of an impact on these booths or these companies I'm talking to. Well, this guy comes up to me. He literally runs me down. It's like the third or fourth day of CES. And my CES schedule is insane. I mean, it's, it's, it can be 20 hours a right. day. Boom, I mean, boom, it, boom, it, boom, boom, one to another. Three hours of, of, of live broadcast uh, on, on television and then... It's all these interviews. I have a camera crew that follows me around, and we do all these interviews. You don't even get the robot for CES this year. Tighten your camera. That would be great, actually. I should. I need to call them back, I guess. But anyway, um, so this guy chases me down at the end of the day, and I'm done. I just, I've had enough. I just don't even want to talk to anybody else. And he, and he meets me, and he's like, "Can you do an interview?" Um, Maybe another time. I'm just exhausted. I really, I would, I really would like you to talk to me about about my product. And, and uh, after, and he just keeps dogging me like aisle after aisle and trying to get out of there. And I finally just said, I suppose you're not going to leave me alone until I say yes. And if I don't say yes, you're going to, you know, I'm just, I lean up on aisle 142. I'm thinking to myself, 
just do the interview because he's not going to leave me alone. And so I finally just say, all right, I will, I will do this interview. And it was fascinating. It was this, the, like you said, this, this fish finder, basically. So if people who were shore fishing or whatever could cast out with this. And yeah, you don't need a and, boat. Right. And then it, it shoots the telemetry back, telemetry back to your smart device. I thought it was genius. And then we started talking about like first responders and, you know, getting into choppy water and, and all this other stuff where maybe you couldn't get into boats. And, you know, so I'm thinking about the life-saving possibilities here and all this other stuff. So I do this interview and, uh, and, and push it out and it gets picked up in a few places. And, and, uh, he at the time had been applying to get onto like, uh, What's one of the, the home shopping network? Oh, or HSN or yeah. What's the other? QVC. QVC. There we go. That was it. And he's like, they accepted me because. Which ironically has had many North Dakota hosts and hostesses over the years. I didn't know that. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. That's some time. Uh, but anyway, he said that uh, that interview gave him the whatever it was that he needed to get over the hump with them because he. I was the only person at CES that did an interview with him of all the media that were there. And he put that up on his website. He used that on his applications and uh, it transformed his company. He come up, you know, I come walking by him uh, the next year. He, his booth is now like five times the size it was the year before uh, with, with Deeper. And he has a line of people I mean, just this crazy line that he comes and I come walking by and I'm like looking around and I'm like, oh, deeper. This is, this is great to see them. He drops everything, comes over and just gives me this huge bear hug. And he goes, it's because of your interview that I have this now. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even understand what you're talking about. And he goes, look at that. That interview got picked up everywhere. My phone started ringing off the hook. He goes, that interview made my company. And, you know, it kind of made me feel, not to give you personal stories here, but it kind of made me feel pretty good for the first time of covering CES all these years that I thought it was just wow, hard for me. Matter. And now all of a sudden I'm like, wow, this, this, this is interesting, you know, so ripple effects. And, and now, I mean, that company is huge, just huge. You know, I was going to bring up uh, an, another one uh, back in 2019, you did uh, uh Bartesian. Yeah. And if anybody listens to the radio and national ads, uh, especially on the AM side yeah. of radio, you hear these ads for Bartesian and you did the interview I with did. them. And, 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 one of the very first people to interview that guy. Why don't we not have one here in the studio? I don't know. <laughs> but if you notice, because they make cocktails, just like a Keurig. Yes. Uh, they make craft cocktails yes. at home, at your house. Yeah. And they've become a pretty big deal too. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed this, but on the table here, I have all these samples. These are from CES already. Wow. They're already sending you. <laughs> We're already starting to get stuff. The uh, Benji lock. This is actually a pretty cool device. Uh, how are we doing for time? Hey, we're, 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 we're good. Okay. Um, so yeah, the Benji lock. Is that big box over there, by the way? Is that the, the Yarbo? It's not the Yarbo. No, okay. Oh, you're, <laughs> so you're going to, you're going to love this. I got, uh, somebody wants us to send, somebody wants to send us a car battery, you know, like the 12 volt battery you'd put in your yeah. car. And I'm like, well, that's an interesting thing. I guess it's a smart battery for your car. So there's a Bluetooth connection and all this other stuff to it, which is interesting. 
but it's it's not like I can just take it out of the package and use it right away. I mean, I actually have to go and put it in a vehicle in order to test this thing. And what's the rationale behind it? I I, I don't know. They 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 truly want to send it to us, Steve. So a smart can, battery. So we can use this battery and then give. Hey, we could throw it in my hunting truck. Then I don't have to run a trickle trickle charger on all the time. We do you have a vehicle? Yeah. Does it have the Does it have the terminals or does it have the new like uh, G eight? You know where you put the. Uh, let's get the terminals. I wonder if there's an. There must be it's a gotta adapter, be an adapter that, right? Because these have the new the the insert type. Well, of one of the things I read on the yeah, because it's got the forks. Yes. Um, like a, uh, forklift battery. It's right. They're forks. Um, one of the things I've read on the smart battery though, so you know, fish going back to the bobber, the fishing side of stuff. So people throw trickle chargers on things that sit for a while, right? Right. right. Um with smart battery technology, you don't need that. It, it, it'll go down so far and go, yep, I'm smarter than that. We're not going to die. Maybe that's what that's about. And you can always check, you know, what your battery is like or whatever, because it's got a Bluetooth uh, connection. To yeah. It'll tell you what the battery level is. And Ew. hey, I probably need to go start the battery. Yeah. All right. Maybe so, so should I say yes? Of course. We'll figure out something. It's, it's like a $480 battery. Ask them if there's a, an adapter that goes with it. I will do that. That's a good idea. And, uh, cause I, if you're going to come out with that technology, it's kind of like Apple. Geez, finally, C connectors. By the way, if, if, if everybody's noticed here, uh, you can bribe us with food oh, and yeah. with cool products. Yeah. Because we'll talk about them on the air. <laughs> Just saying. We didn't even get to the veggie lock. No, but we'll talk about that next one. Just saying. Thanks for staying with us on the Tech Ranch. Let's rejoin Marlo and Steve as they guide us through the fascinating world of technology. So do you need anything with a padlock? Always. Yeah. What do you what do you lock up? I secure all kinds of things. Yeah. Fences. Storage units. Okay. Trailers. Okay. I don't it have, hitches on the back of my truck. I don't have much need for a padlock in my life right now. I mean, there was a time I don't have a storage unit anymore. I don't have a I guess we have a company trailer, but that's got I guess we could use it. But anyway, we've, uh, as you can see, we have a couple of padlocks that have come in. Uh, and this is interesting. They both, so the tap lock one. Smart locks. Smart lock. A smart fingerprint padlock. And then the Benji lock. How's that work in the winter when you got gloves? Well, I don't think it'll work. Gonna take gloves. gloves off? Okay. Because it's, it, it, both of these work with your fingerprint. Ooh. Benji lock is a shark tank product. That's correct. Wow. Yes. Which shark got their hooks into... I'm not sure which... I think it was Damon. But don't quote me on that, but I think that's correct. Um, and this is a company that we did also interview a couple of years ago, but this was with the whole team, the the, the uh, uh, TPN uh, team. And You know what this would be cool? What's that? The gym. Oh, yeah. Locker at the gym, because what do you do with the key? Right. Yeah, that runs with your fingerprint. Yeah, you don't have to worry about a key at all. A key. So, because you're right, your gym shorts. The last thing you want to have is a key in them. Yeah, or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah. So there's that one, and it's got a rechargeable battery. Right. So you just plug it in the USB side or whatever. Now, did I have a key just in case the battery? It died? does. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it does. And then this one here is the other one. Oh, this one's cool. This is a little heavier. A little heavier yeah. duty. Uh, I, the Benji Lock has heavier duty ones as well. 
So the one that we have here, this would this would be perfect for a gym locker. So you unlock this one with a with your the phone. tablet lock with your fingerprint or your phone. That's correct. So if you were at a storage unit or something like that, and it's cold outside of your trailer, or you wouldn't have to take your gloves off to that. And then the other nice thing about that one is if cool. you want to give access to somebody else, oh, right? Just transfer can. Yeah, can't, can't get to your storage unit, but you, the snowblower is in there, and you're out of town. But you want to have somebody else use it or whatever, you can unlock the the door for them or whatever and on a paddle lock. Kind of like you can. I used to freak my wife out all the time. It's like I my truck. It's like yeah with the little app, and yeah, you could start. And it's like I'm halfway across the country. It's like I know when she'd be walking out to her car because we'd be on the phone. It's like I'd start the truck right yeah. after and kind of freak her out a little bit. Like it's kind of fun. So anyway, these are, and I think we're going to start seeing more and more of these biometric type of devices using fingerprints or or what have you. Uh, but I like I like both of these products. It's kind of a hybrid biometric because you got the biometric side of that with the tab lock, and then you've yeah. also got the the digital technology side. So I'll, so because of your bigger stuff, so we're going to just going to make I'm going to make an executive decision here. You get the tab lock. Okay, I get the tab. Yeah, and you can use that on your bigger stuff. I'm going to use, because I'm going back to the gym now. So. <laughs> and because there's a technology component to it now, I'll, I'll probably go more often. Well, yeah. That's like, now it's use cool this, to go to the gym, Marlo. A cool padlock to put on my gym locker. So I'll, I'll do this one. Well, actually, this works out because if that'll fit on the gym locker, I can use that one as well. Because I don't, because the fingerprint, because... I'm old school. I get actually headphones and a little radio. Sure. I like listening to the radio yep. and not no. my device. Right. And I probably would listen to my things on my device more often on my phone if it had a headphone jack, but it doesn't. Isn't that frustrating? It is. And, and, and in order to make that work, you got to get an adapter. For well, and you got the little adapter that goes into the, the C port. Yep. And, but I'm like, who wants to carry an adapter around? So I old school my wife makes fun of me all the time it's like you know it works for me i don't care yeah uh, but so i couldn't use the app to unlock because i don't take my phone out in the gym that's gotcha. like I, I don't even bring my phone into the gym so yeah you can use the fingerprint feature for that and and uh but i would really be interested because it's a bigger bigger unit so like for your you know like your storage locker or something it'd be fun to see how it works there too so let's just report back on these in a couple of weeks we'll tell everybody what we think about these padlocks and how well the fingerprint... Actually, the report I want is uh, how often you got to the gym. <laughs> Especially since I'm going to be on the road for another eight or nine days. Yeah, that, right? that's the important that's part. The challenge. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you set yourself up for that. You totally walked into that one. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get ready for my big hike, you know. So I'm really stepping up my steps. Well, and yeah. your mission to Mars, too. Yeah, why? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think in my lifetime I'm going to get to Mars. Actually, speaking of... Some of my products might get to Mars. Speaking of space, I was talking to a friend of mine. Uh, I did a radio interview um, this week. And so NASA's using this product. There's a biochemist from Stanford University that, because of her grandmother who had dementia, and, you know, she'd visit her and oral health, because with the dementia, she didn't brush her teeth and she wouldn't let staff brush her teeth. And so she had real bad oral hygiene. So this scientist, um, 
Dr. Emily, and I forget her last name, but uh, she came up with a lozenge. Do you know how they brush their teeth in space? Because it's really messy. I mean, I get yelled at when I get toothpaste on the mirror of course. Uh, spray. But of course, when I've had astronauts talking to kids, because uh, I brought a few astronauts into our state a couple times, the first question they always ask is, how do you go to the bathroom? Right. Nobody has ever asked, how do you brush your teeth? How do you so brush I, your teeth? I don't know. That's so a great question. Incredibly messy to brush your teeth. Yes, they would. Zero be. gravity. Yeah. So, like I said, I get yelled at splatter on the mirror. Right. The lozenge she invented, and now she's based out of Minneapolis starting this company up. It's They prototyped it with NASA, and that's what the astronauts use. So, you chew this lozenge or suck on this lozenge, and it prevents plaque breaks down the sugars and the bad wow. sugars. Yeah, it's it's like brushing your teeth. So it's pop one before you go to bed and no morning breath, I guess. Uh, but that's how, the, that's how the astronauts brush their teeth in space. They take this lozenge after every meal. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, and I just learned that this week. That's amazing. Yeah. So um, locally, uh, they're going to be sourced locally here um very soon so i'll have to get some samples and you can try it out as well so okay a little space technology this is the thing i love about this time of year it's for me being a geek i guess so to speak and now you get to be part of this I, uh, i'm part geek right it's kind of like christmas for us because we're, we're getting ready for ces and now we're starting to get samples coming in the mail because some of these companies want us to try their things before we get there so we can have an intelligent conversation or an interview with them so to speak right which is why they want us to try their products beforehand so well, the wristband cool. so we were talking about the wristband a little bit uh, during the break yeah um and fill us in on that one so this is called popple this is actually from last year here and but I, I don't think we've ever talked about it before No, we haven't and this is a way um so i'm going to share that one there too they have different devices one is like a wristband that one i think goes on the back of your phone and it's a way to instantly share information so if somebody comes up to your you know your phone and you want to have your um business card on there, for example, you can just have your business card on there and share that information over to them or a couple of photographs or whatever. But I think generally it's used for sharing of contacts without having to bump your phones together and all this other stuff that goes with that. You know what that's called if you have an ugly phone? An ugly phone? Bumping uglies. I'll throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> so you, want, you always want to have a pretty phone. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that's the moral of the story. I am scratching my head. Like, do I really host this show with you? Don't mess up those three hairs, Marlo. I won't. You're listening to Technology Comes Alive. Let's dive back into the conversation with Marlo and Steve. And don't forget to check out thetechranch.com for more. Thank you, Steve. What? For this Butterfinger blizzard that's now sitting in front of me. You know, winter, summer, spring, fall, <laughs> always time for Dairy Queen. It's always room for ice cream. Yes. Actually, I, 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 I'm addicted now to these white mocha shakes. Oh, yeah. There. And I'm a strawberry shake guy. I love strawberry shakes. Yeah, these are really good. Yep. Mm -hmm. I love how we were talking about the gym and now, <laughs> now we have ice cream. Well, yeah. <laughs> You only got that because you're going to the gym. Yeah. So I guess we could thank Mike over there too. Mm -hmm. yeah. Thanks, Mike, for Thanks, Mike. making sure that we have a Dairy Queen here and, and then love it. 
So you're going to have to probably mute the mic occasionally because it's Butterfinger. They crunch a little bit. That's okay. Just saying. So this is an interesting thing. Have you seen these before? Prinker? Yeah. Trying to figure out what it might be. Oh, oh, there's a charging port. So I have no clue. It'll trying to figure out how to open it. It'll print a temporary tattoo on your arm. Really? You can program it with your phone. And then you run it over wherever you want it to print. And then it'll print that out. Isn't that cool? Temporary tattoo. Mm -hmm. So how temporary? It's pretty temporary. You know, be, this would be fun for events and that type of thing. Well, that's what I was thinking. So my wife and I, one nephew plays hockey, one nephew plays basketball. They're both seniors. So went to a um, hockey game and then went to basketball game the next night. Mm -hmm. And the hockey game, we get this little hockey puck mark with the little stamper mm -hmm. that shows you paid so you can go in and out. And then the next day we get the little basketball and football games. They get the little football yep. and just program it right into one device. Amazing. Yeah. 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 Did even create it. You could. School logos. There's so much that you could do with this thing. I think they run about 150 bucks and yeah, you could have, you could do all kinds of great things with these things. So we'll have to, we'll have to program the tech ranch logo. On here. There we go. Yeah. And then we could stamp our forehead. <laughs> you have a bigger forehead than I do. Well, thanks for bringing that up. Mm -hmm. Is it just because I have a bigger head? Yeah. 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 That's it. <laughs> there's, there's, more, there's more of a canvas to work with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Um, yeah, let's see. I was going to go somewhere. I totally lost what we were going to talk about. I have that effect on you. Yeah. I'm not yeah, sure why. Yeah, you do. What in the world was it? It was something good, too. My goodness. Like your Butterfinger Blizzard? Well, good? there's, yeah, it's, well, yeah. I mean, it was technology, right? Although that that would be a lot to to compete with, actually. All right. I mean, I'm going to have to go look up my notes because I do not remember what it was oh yes i do you mean it's not at the top of your tattooed head so during the break you know you you went and got ice cream and i had to do a quick little interview with uh people down in sydney australia and you know what the funny thing of that is is that it's um pretend to be a time traveler's day so i was on their morning show tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny <laughs> you think about it it's the afternoon here right and it's tomorrow morning there. I think that is just just hilarious. So National Day calendar, is, is there a dateline, day, International Dateline Day? There's not. You have to ask me that while I have yeah. on her finger. Well, that's kind of an important date. It is. It's an important thing. Actually, not a bad idea. Yeah, International Dateline Day. I have to bring that up to somebody. Yeah. The committee. Fan. Yeah. Oh, okay. You remember what it was? Well, so we're starting to get, besides the stuff we're getting in, we're starting to get a lot of the preview to CES. So 
CES, if you if you're not familiar with that, well, you I don't I can't imagine anybody who <laughs> listens to radio or watches television on a consistent basis, or at least news programs, that wouldn't know about CES because it's Consumer Electronic Show. It's probably the number one newsmaker right after the first of the year for about four or five days, right? I mean, you know, it, it even because now all, Super Bowl kicks in. There you go. So there's that too, right? Well, actually, I, I figured out. Do you know what's bigger than the NFL now? I don't know that. Taylor Swift. Mm. <laughs> to the point that the NFL had to bring her on board. To I don't think Travis they, Kelsey. To, I don't think they uh, need that wouldn't help. That wasn't uh, the that NFL plan. <laughs> but uh, it kind of worked out that way, didn't uh -huh. it? Uh-huh. All right. This is this new product. It's called Cold Snap. Uh, and it's, hi, Marlo. Do you want to know this? Do you want the story of the year? Beginning in 2024, the world of frozen treats will be turned upside down. Then from Cold Snap here, I want to let you know that Cold Snap's breakthrough countertop ice cream maker is here. Oh, we need one of those in the studio. So you may have heard of the most, most, must, much, much, whatever, anticipated technology wonder that dishes are single servings of premium ice cream, boozy ice cream, frozen protein, protein shakes, and more in two minutes. You were talking about the Keurig or the Keurig for, the, for yeah. booze. Um, help me with the name again. Boozy. Barista. Barista. No. How is it that we we just talked, we just about, talked about that an hour ago? Oh my goodness! Somebody I interviewed a long time ago. Anyway, twenty nineteen. Yes, and uh, yeah. So these guys are going to be making an ice cream, uh, basically to order, and I think it's a cartridge type of system too. So if you want chocolate ice cream or chocolate mint, you put the cartridges in just like a Keurig, and you will have ice cream served to you. Hmm. Hmm. I think I'll think. <laughs> I think I'll stay. What? Are, see, you have a you have a liquid liquid beverage that you are now irritating everybody with. It's a good shake. You know how many people out there are craving ice cream right now? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> the Derek means going to appreciate it. Sort of like Stone Creamery or anybody else, right? Mm. Through the Through the trap. Truly is good stuff. So that's something that we can look forward to at CES this year. And how do we not have one of those here as a... They haven't made it yet. They haven't sold it yet. Well, yeah, we'll have to get one. Okay, so this brings me back to what I wanted to talk about with CES. So every year you go to CES and things kind of break down into some different categories. So you probably have, what, five to ten game-changing, disruptive technology, next biggest things in sliced bread that everybody knows about. Because you talked about how you used to just do the fringe. And so you got the core of the event. These are game-changing items or ideas or technologies. And then that next ring. So these are the ones that, hey, this is a kind of a good idea. It's on the way, you know, we, we maybe get the prototype out. Uh, it's moving forward, you know, kind of a cool thing. Hey, we'll be there in the marketplace in a couple of years. And then you've got the prospecting side of things that are just a little further out. Maybe they do have a prototype, but it, it, they're still doing the market research and, and the technology 
maybe it's technology that's coming, but it's not readily available. And then you've got the, hey, we've got this really great idea. We're looking for funding and we're, is that kind of how CES works? That is kind of how CES works. And it's, it's a great, and I know. an incubator. You didn't even know I was going to bring this up. Uh It's a great segue to what you were just. We do that way too much. You just set this up because this was, this was my next topic. For 2024 at CES, they have an exhibition of failed ideas. Isn't that hilarious? Is this like a big pile of bar napkins? It's, they call it the gallery of flops. And they have pictures. They have some of the pro- prototypes of the past that really were crazy ideas. A lot of Marlowe interviews yeah, in there. Probably some in there. Uh, I think it's funny. So it'll be at the North Hall. It's at a, it actually have a booth of the gallery of flops and you can go check it out. I just think it's great. And I, I will be there. I'll see if some of those I actually interviewed 15, 20 years ago. It'll be funny if they have them there. So, yeah, great setup for that, by the way. That was good. It's funny how that works out. Yeah. We tend to do that too often. We do that a lot, actually. I'm just going through my... What I'm doing right now is, you know, I start getting... And this is not an exaggeration. I will have thousands and thousands of emails between now and and CES of people trying to recruit our team to interview them, okay? And I'm just kind of going through... Some of those uh, that we're starting to get, uh, you know, wanting us to stop by that are interesting. And um, like this one here, hey, Marlo, will you be on site at CES? Uh, They have um, an interactive video or vehicle display. This is from the Industrial Technology Research Institute, the ITRI, one of the world's leading high-tech applied research institutions. And so they'll allow passengers to view and interact with AR content in a moving vehicle. Really? How cool is that? Okay, that's fascinating. Well, you and your vehicles. Well, you know, I, and I'm not, I'm not saying this to brag, but for, for the longest time. You a flying car? I was, I was kind of the poster child for uh, autonomous vehicles. Right. I've kind of stepped away from that a little bit, but I probably still have, um, the most rides in different vehicles of anybody in the world. I'm up on like, I think it's like 41 and I'm sure I'll add another half a dozen at this year's CES, but um, these different vehicles that drive by themselves. So I get interviewed or I get asked to interview all these technologies all the time. But what's interesting is that we've gone from that. This is now going to be the norm moving forward. And now what do you do in a car when you don't have to drive it? So, that's what the next evolution is. So, of course, there is that. And I think you and I have talked about that a little bit. Like, I could use an app. Wouldn't it be cool, instead of having to fly to Minneapolis, you got a meeting there tomorrow morning, wouldn't it be cool to just hop in your pajamas, hop in a vehicle that will drive you there, and when you wake up in the morning, you're just in Minneapolis. And then the truck stop becomes kind of this place where you can go get a, you know, I mean, I think the truck stop will what transformation. What if you in your car? Well, you never know. I mean, maybe there's a, maybe there'll be vehicles that'll be that way, right? Where you could have. Let me just steam clean you. <laughs> Press your suit and. Just take a lozenge. Or a bubbles. Lossage. Lossage. <laughs> a lozenge. You don't have to brush your teeth. <laughs> you don't have to brush your teeth. Take a lozenge. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to say lozenge. It is hard to say that. I noticed that too. Yeah. I said I, that for a while. What I was talking about earlier this week, I was like, it's hard to say lozenge. Mm-hmm. 
It's like it's hard to say sphere. So they're working on sphere. Thank you, Marla. Yes, welcome. <laughs> Good job. Here's a cookie. So then I have a blizzard. I don't want an animal in your fry. It's going to take me forever to eat this. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is going to be cool. And, and I mean, I've seen vehicles now that, you know, the seats, you know, the front seats turn around so that you can just talk to the people in the right. back. Or there's, there'll be a table in the middle if you want to play cards or or do whatever. Um, I like riding backwards, though. I like riding forward. It is kind of weird when you do that. But that's but they'll block out. And a lot of these vehicles now won't really even have a windshield on them. Or, or at least there'll be a display that'll be that'll interact with the windshield. So it'll be a, like a big video screen that you can kind of see through. Uh, so that'll be interesting as well. So you could watch a movie or whatever while you're cruising on over to Fargo from from Bismarck Mandan. I mean, whatever, whatever it is, right? I mean, it really is going to be that. I also think that the communication piece is going to be huge. Video conferencing in cars will be all the rage. You're going to hop in your car in the morning and you're going to make it just like you do now. Well, if, if I have to go to Fargo or drive to wherever I'm going mm -hmm. and I busy business day and you start multitasking and if I'm on my phone, driving wow i i'm here already mm -hmm. i've actually missed my turnoff location yeah it, 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 if you're multitasking and driving and and doing the communication side of stuff while being safe while driving because it's bluetooth or um you're productive and you get where you're going and it seems like that trip just didn't take very long at all it's so good that i feel like it's like if you know like when you and i travel together we talk the entire time I remember the time we drove to Devil's Lake here a few months like, ago. Like, hey, we're there. I mean, we we're just there, right? I feel that way when you have the technology through your car speakers and you're just talking because you feel like the person's right there with you, you know? So it's a great experience and it certainly makes travel much more palatable in my opinion. Anything to help a road trip. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. Speaking of electric vehicles, though... This is cool. First wireless charging road in the U.S. completed in Michigan. You've talked about this since I've known you. You obviously know about this. Yes, you've talked about this since... Actually, this is in part how we met way back in the day on yeah. autonomous roadways. And one of the discussion points at the time was, how do you charge a vehicle on the fly? So yes, Detroit is now home to the first wireless charging roadway in the nation located at, on 14th Street near Michigan Central in Corktown. Looks like your average quarter mile stretch of road, but it's much more than meets the eye. Below the surface are inductive charging coils that can charge electric vehicles. So you can park on the street. You do have a park, though. This isn't... No, no, you, you can charge it as you drive. As you drive. Too. It's just a quarter of a mile, though, so you're not going to get a lot of charge. It's a test pad. It's a test pad to see how it works. And it's real easy 
if you don't have an inductive charging car now, and think about it this way, like how you charge your your watch that you wear nowadays or your smartphone when you lay it down and you charge it wirelessly, right? It works the same way. Yep. Has to get within a certain amount of, of uh, closeness to the road, and then you can it'll charge your car. You can well, like charging mats and charging pads. And, you can get those for your garage, now. right? But you you have to set the the phone. Oh, right, or, or right. On exactly. them, exactly. You have to make contact. So the charging mats, like in your house, or excuse me, like in you could if you had an EV and you had an inductive charger on that, you have to have it within so many inches of. Uh, charging pad, but you can buy a charging pad now for your car and make it an inductive charging car uh, for an EV. Uh, and basically the same technology applies here. So if you have those type of technologies installed in your car, it'll just charge on the fly as you're driving down the road. Pretty cool. That that it, It's cooler than it sounds because, again, you and I have talked about this for a long time. And um the door that opens up from a commercial side, because that's a big piece that's been missing. So autonomous trucks and autonomous, you know, it, forget the car side of this, the passenger vehicle side of this. The commercial side is, is I think, where the biggest hangup is. Because you can charge a, a smaller vehicle and get 150, 200 miles out of it. Um, it's the commercial side. You know, we see some of these mandates for uh, the trucking industry um, coming out of California. And, okay, but that large vehicle, you can get 200 miles and it takes six hours to charge. This is where that is game-changing because now you don't have to take the six hours of downtime. You're charging while you're driving down the highway. Mm -hmm. So... That makes that range on that vehicle limitless. I should have ordered a drink. Oh, jeez. <laughs> this, this blizzard, I apologize to everybody who's joining us. I'm still eating on this blizzard it's here. It's a never-ending blizzard. Oh, my goodness. It's so del I, I can't even put it down. It's so delicious. But, but if you would order a drink, you would have been able to do this. <laughs> well, and I wouldn't be obligated to try to finish this ice cream before it melts, right? You can That's put it in the thing. freezer. Oh, remind me to do that at the end of this yeah. prank here. I'll go do that. That's a good idea. Really? Uh, I don't think that way. Or you can just finish the whole thing. Oh, I might do that. Okay. Um, and, you know, so driving down the roadway, being able to charge for larger vehicles and that larger commercial application, that's where that's really game-changing technology. I cannot, I cannot imagine, though, what that would cost to do. I mean, you you would have to rip up the roadway, and I'm just I'm thinking like they do that on a regular basis anyway. Though I suppose you could, right? Uh, like, and I'm thinking like L.A. to Vegas. It's a barren strip of, strip of road. You could do this in there. It's wide open. They got all kinds of solar everywhere out there. Anyway, they should put the solar to use and and charge cars up, right? Just throwing that out there. And they they do actually. I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't be dismissive about that. Um, the Tesla charging station in, I'll think of the little name of the town, halfway between uh, Vegas and L.A., uh, the only way that they could have a charging station there because they didn't have the power was to, or to recharge cars, was to put this massive solar array out there, which is what Tesla did. It was kind of genius what they did. 
and they can charge 40, 50 cars at a time using this solar array, which is cool. Uh, and busy that place that has transformed that that ghost town basically into a bustling little little metropolis now because all these cars are stopping in there. Well, it's the only place around Vegas you can get your vehicle charged. Well, it's actually halfway between Vegas and and uh, yeah, it's almost tempting for me to just drive out there, just drive out, car, car, charge your car, drive back to you Vegas. Could do that probably more timely than trying to charge it up in Vegas. It's really frustrating in that town. Um, anyway. Uh, but we've talked about the possibility of wireless electricity. And this is where it gets really interesting. Like, you know, you can beam electricity from space and just like it's a cell phone or a radio wave, right? That then your car would also pick up that electricity. And that's how I see if we were ever to move forward with something like this. To me, that's the only way it really works is having wireless power. Which is possible, by the way. And they're making big strides towards that. Well, just look at... So, the atmosphere has a charge. So, you know, it's discharged in thunderstorms, lightning. But beyond a storm that concentrates that charge, that positive charge, there's a, just a naturally occurring charge in the atmosphere anyway. So, what if you were able to figure out the the methodology, the science behind collecting power out of the atmosphere. I think I think the balloon and hair theory would work really well with cars. Right. You know, as you rub so a balloon on my collection. hair. So you're making static okay. <laughs> so you're a bad example. Um oh, good. I'm gonna get it, a big charge out of three hairs. It, um did you <laughs> Could you have hair trickling down below the vehicle as it runs across the balloon-coated highway? Well, you see that with vehicles that have the the metal strip or the the strip on the back. That's to, true. To ground. Yes. To ground a vehicle. That, that's to dissipate a charge. So what if you were holding on to that charge and inductively being able to create power out of that charge? All foods for thought. Pun intended. <laughs> I'm almost done, by the way. So, yes, you're not going to stick it in the freezer. It's no. not going to happen. Um, so, but what if you were able to collect that charge and store that charge until you had enough to... Why not? Charge. Why not? Yeah. You know, it, it's... Person could use capacitors. Yeah. High caps. The flux that? capacitor. The flux capacitor. The flux capacitor. Do we have to do 88 miles an hour? I, I think we could do any speed we wanted to. Wow. <laughs> Not to bring up international it's like, travel day again. It's like, it's like old googly eye here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so artificial photosynthesis. Right. Artificial generate power out of the air. Artificial thunderstorm. Artificial whatever that looks like. I mean, you know, limitless the balloon hair thing. It it static electricity is still power. Yeah. So the and everything you're able to create static electricity very easily because it's just a function of friction. Right. So what's you're already moving, right? Yeah. So what's the conduit to produce or transfer that friction to a battery in your vehicle or so all all this stuff, by the way, that we're talking about to me is a mute topic now. Have you have you seen this from uh, Stellantis? Mm -mm. 
So is it Stellantis? Is that how it's pronounced? I believe so. Dodge and yeah. Jeep and whatever, right? Their president CEO is all in on compressed air. Have I you seen this? He's at that Jeep. The uh, um, yeah, the Jeep wagon, uh, hundred and thirty-eight miles a gallon. They're using fuel. Using gasoline or or diesel or whatever yeah, you want. It's another version of a hybrid. It's a hybrid, but instead of making electricity, it's going to make some electricity because you need some for the car, right? You need it to run the whatever it is. But it's making compressed air, and that's how it's running the engine. And I guess the mechanics of that are a lot less than having a an engine, a big engine that's having you know big explosions inside. You have this small engine that's making compressed air, and they're getting 130 miles a gallon out of a Jeep. What the heck would that look like for a small car? 200, 250 miles a gallon? I don't know. It's incredible. My wife might not like that idea, though. A lot of hissing going on. Yeah. She'd be I, like, I don't like, know. Honey, I just give me the can of beans before we go on a road trip. That's <laughs> helping the, the car move along. <laughs> but it's impressive technology. It is. Um, and. At a hundred, at over a hundred miles a gallon out of fuel, who's, why would you not embrace that? Well, okay, this, this brings up another point. I was just going to touch on this and you, you went down there for me. Um, we get hung up on old technology to the point where, and quite often money's involved, but from an R and D perspective, Spending the money on new technology is expensive. Spending the money on old technology to try to improve it is expensive. There's a certain level of stick with the status quo because it doesn't cost any more money. And there's another side of this where you're looking at, okay, but there's a subsidy involved if we go that direction and it's quite often the wrong direction. But not to get too political, but there's a political agenda involved. And I always say this, when political agendas are driving the bus, get off the bus. It, that, that's a bad direction to be going. And there's so much money and energy that, and that, that's the challenge. There's just so much money in there. And, you know, to try to move the needle a little bit one way or the other is always difficult. It really is. So when you have technologies like maybe a compressed air vehicle that comes along, there's a lot of political headwind that they'll have to get through to make that thing a possibility and a probability of something you and I can drive sometime in the future. And we're back with the Tech Ranch, getting ready for more amazing tech insights from the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. I need you to read this. And just for the record, during the break, there was no blizzard for Marlo. Yeah, put I'm into the freezer. There's nothing left. Let's see. Hello, Anderson. Thanks for your respond. Uh, I would like to see you at CES 24. Can you provide your telephone number for us? I want to do a recording. And can you let me know when stop by our booth? If you have any problems, do not hesitate to contact me. Uh, I hope you have a nice day. Who's it from, though? Uh, I have no idea. Oh. It'll go to the top of the email, then. Oh, <laughs> Marlo. <laughs> Invitation to Yarbo's exhibition at CES. They've actually reached out again. Wow. I think they want to be on the show now. So we're going to work on that. They're in. I, okay. I, I'll totally, they're in. 
I think you need to ask them, though, in order to have an intelligent conversation, they need to send you a unit. Well, absolutely. I, I think that yeah. that's a prerequisite. Yeah. Do you, you, you want to send that? I'll work on that next. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd be happy to. Love to get a prototype I bet, and, and I bet demonstrate you, it. Yeah. And, and so we can have a great interview. I mean, my goodness, they must owe us about $50,000 in in-kind already, right? Yeah, at least. I mean, we talk about Yarbo all the time. Battle for Yarbo. It's funny that they're reaching out even more. I'm excited about talking to them, though. And you now you get to as well. I know. You can, we'll get them on the phone. And you can ask all kinds of questions. Oh, maybe I'll get out to CES with you. That would be okay as well. You should if you should. Me, I'll be in the Yarbo booth. Yeah. <laughs> I won't see you for the next three days. Oh, three days in the Yarbo booth. In fact, in fact, I might come back and you're going to be working for the company. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I like the product. Well, you don't know that yet. We talk a lot about it. Like we, I like the concept. Like the, the concept. So, product, yeah. Yeah. And I really hope it doesn't disappoint me. Yeah. That's the problem when you really, really, you know, have this buildup in your head about what it could potentially do. And then it, you know, doesn't really work like it's supposed to. I could give you something uh, on that scenario, but I can't repeat it in, over the air. So, okay. but it was said by a five year old at one time. <laughs> still cracks me up. And I'll tell you, when you added your phone to him. To oh, my goodness. Show you how to use it. So funny. Oh, let's see. What else we got going on out of CES here? We have, um, I don't think that's so exciting. What else you got, by the way? Well, I actually, uh, Chris and I were talking a little bit about some of the security stuff that's out there. And, uh, you know, some of the online security. And uh, there's been some pretty interesting strides uh, in that space and how it ties into telecommunications and other different things we take for granted. So kind of some bigger picture stuff. But uh, um, are you familiar with Wikislack? No. So there was a little bit of a buzz on the cybersecurity side of things because of a Wikislack attack. It's just kind of fun to say. Um, so the Wikislack attack, it it's a new technique that uses modified Wikipedia pages and relies on a formatting error when the page is rendered in Slack. So to mount the attack, a threat actor would first need to select a Wikipedia article. And we know how Wikipedia articles work. They're open and you can, anybody can. Yeah, anybody can edit them. Anybody can edit them. I, I know um, that, you know, even on a personal level, I, somebody wrote a wiki about me. This was 80% accurate, but I go, you know, sometimes I'll have, because I have a Google alert that goes off uh, when my name is mentioned and things for that reason, basically, to make sure that, that things are correct, right? And there's always stuff in that article that I don't know where it comes from, always. So with the Slack attacks, the, the wiki articles picked um, might be of interest to an intended target. In your case, you um, modify it to add a legitimate <laughs> footnote. So th they'll change it because anybody can change it. Uh, they'll modify it to add a legitimate footnote at the end uh, of the first paragraph and then share the article in Slack, leading them to an attacker-controlled website where browser-based malware lies in wait. So, and there's been a lot of this going on lately. And, and Chris and I talked a little bit about this. And I tell my wife all this, be aware of your surroundings. And just, she's not, you know, if you're out in public, just be aware of your surroundings. It's just a, it's a personal safety thing. But how often do we think about being aware of our digital surroundings? Right. We, we don't. I mean, there's a That's lot of true. things we take for granted when, hey, yep, I've, I've got, I, I've got security on my computer and it'll be, but we're 
familiar when we're in emails. You know, there's emails you know you're not supposed to respond to or even click on. But there's so many other places in the digital landscape that all of these attackers, all of this malware, all of this spyware can hide. Um, and things we take for granted that we don't notice or aren't diligent enough we need to be aware of our digital surroundings, right? Because a lot of people aren't. It, you, you just don't think about it, or you don't, or you take it for granted. Or no, I've got security on there, and uh, you got to be careful. You do. You really do. So this is a great invite right here, Tucson. Ooh. I know. Okay, so near and dear to our hearts, Tucson is is at CES. This isn't their first year. They've been there for a few years already. A good friend of yours and mine has been there for a few years. Um, one of their products is a robotics bartending cobot powered by ChatGPT making drinks based on your mood. Really? So they're they're making a... a so they've got autonomous bobcats, autonomous well, equipment, autonomous stuff. Bartending stuff, right? Well, they got autonomous bartending. Yeah, that's interesting, right? High Axioms, this is in the Doosan booth, High Axioms groundbreaking approach for green hydrogen-based energy. So they're leading the way in that. Enterability's next generation of eco-friendly technologies across hydrogen, wind, and SMR energy solutions. And then the fourth thing on the list, the world's first autonomous all-electric skid loader from Bobcat. Love it. On the list at CES. So have you been out to their test facility here in our community and, many times and not recently have, so you haven't been out there since they've been because they've been working on they've been working on this for a while yeah yeah and again our mutual friend and, right uh, and, who's been pretty tight-lipped about it yeah, yeah and i had an opportunity to go out and, and see that project along at a few steps and fascinating and incredibly innovative and you talk about the ability to change um, a little bit of a paradigm shift in the construction industry. So, you know, there's a lot of groundwork that uh, a piece of equipment has to do. And you take a look at the workforce issues that are across the country. And, okay, I'm going to work my 12-hour shift during the day because that's typically what happens in the construction industry. But um, all night long, all this prep work is going to get done for me. So I come in and I'm more productive. So instead of having to work that 12-hour day, maybe I'm working 10 right. or 9. Right. Uh, because all of this groundwork was done in the middle of the night while I was home sleeping or going to my kid's soccer game or baseball game or football game. And, and I'm more productive when I get in there and put my hours in anyway. I mean, that's what this technology is the ability to do. Yeah, it's, it, it is it is incredible and it's it's cool. I mean, I know a lot of people listen to us that are not in the area that we live in the Bismarck Nandan area in, in North Dakota. Uh, but we have some cool technology and, and Bobcat is a huge, huge company here. Uh, has, has had a footprint here for a long time and it's exciting for us because they're from here. Uh, that they're now a big presence at CES. I think that's just so cool. Well, and, and think where, you know, a company in that space 20 years ago, that CES, why, right. why, why wouldn't we be there? See it yeah. at CES. Yeah. And our mutual friend was one of the ones that like, no, this is the type of technology that we need to have at CES. Right. right. So look at the transformation, because you've been going forever. Look at the transformation in... Um, 
in the CES space and how that show has changed over the years. The, uh, um, you know, the other area that seems really is food. You've returned where technology is our passion. Let's jump back into the conversation with Marlo and Steve. The blizzard is finally done. I'm not meaning the weather, of course. I'm talking about my Butterfinger blizzard from Dairy Queen. So thanks again, Steve, for bringing that by. Steve had to step away. Uh, but he wanted me to highlight a couple of other CES interviews from the last year or two. And uh, three of these are food-related. The last one that you're going to be hearing about is... I'll just leave it out there as a surprise, but you'll want to hear that interview because it's very, very cool. And it's about the maybe the future of travel and something that you've probably maybe dreamed about a little bit, but but it is a a place that we'll probably be going to somewhere in the very near future as well. So uh, anyway, so these are CES interviews uh, from the last couple of years. And, you know, CES the last couple of years, of course, has been a little different because of COVID-related type of scenarios, uh, probably not as well attended. Last year was pretty close to normal, I think, 2023. 2022 was certainly an abbreviated uh, type of CES. And uh, so not as many people at that event, but it gave us a chance to really delve into uh, you know, maybe doing a little better interview with less people around, not as noisy, you know, that type of thing. So I hope you enjoy uh, these next few interviews. And again, they're from the last couple of years at CES and a little some food related items. And then the very last one uh, in this segment will be on transportation. So enjoy, everybody. Pepper always makes me sneeze. Always telling you, I love pepper, always makes me sneeze. But I have a feeling that Andre here does not have a product that's going to make me sneeze today. So tell me a little bit about this. Uh, so this is Pepper, and okay. Pepper is an Amazon-embedded uh, smart kitchen scale. So it has Alexa inside, uh, and it functions like any normal Alexa product where it can uh, turn on your lights and open your garage door. Um, but what's unique about it is that it can pull from our proprietary database um, and show you any nutrition information for anything you choose to put on the device. Okay. Yeah. So if I want to oatmeal. Yeah. Let's just pick on oatmeal, yeah. right? So you put some oatmeal on here. You say, I just put oatmeal on the scale. It's yep. going to tell you exactly how much it weighs. So and is... you can ask for nutritional information. Yes. So actually, that's a perfect example because we have oatmeal. It's on the <laughs> on the profile right here. Maybe it's because you brought, brought a bowl of oats. Probably. Later. That was yeah. why, yeah. Um, but uh, essentially, as you're adding oatmeal to it, you'll see the nutritional values change in real time. So you can see over 150 different nutrients for 8,000 ingredients. So you can track lipids, protein, carbs, anything that you can Interesting. take. Interesting. And calories as well? Calories, everything. So if you really want to get serious about that 2,000 cal day calorie intake, you could actually use this to do that. Yeah, definitely. That's it pushes amazing. it straight to your phone, and so you can catalog it and track it over time. Okay. Um, what we're also really excited about is uh, a few other features. So 
Pepper actually does step-by-step walkthrough for recipes. Uh, it'll pull it up on the display and tell you exactly what you need to do for every step of a recipe. So there's no confusion. You can see exactly what the consistency of this sauce is supposed to look like or how to dice an onion. Anything as simple as that. That's pretty amazing. And the last thing that Pepper can do is actually measure things by volume. So if you need to uh, pour in two cups of oats, it'll actually uh, tell you when to stop as you're pouring once you've hit two cups. So the, the recipes that are in here, I mean, do you subscribe to a service for that? Are these your own recipes? So um, we've actually developed a platform for content uh, creators. And so we're signing people up right now. Uh, they're available if you want to sign up. And uh, you can build recipes for this, and we chop them up, make them perfect for step-by-step -step walkthroughs. And any video that you want to add will just be helpful to the user. Interesting. Where can we find Pepper? Uh, so Pepper is not a commercially available yet. It's on Kickstarter in uh, about six weeks. It'll be uh, retailing uh, by the end of this year, if not early next year, for uh, $2.99. But we'll have special pricing on Kickstarter for the early backers. Very nice. So check it out on Kickstarter, everybody. This is Marlo Anderson, your guru of geek at CES 2019. So have you ever wondered what it would be like, you know, if you were cooking something, for example, you know, evening dinner, and you run out of broccoli, or maybe you need some carrots or whatever, right? And you really don't want to run to the store. I mean, that's just so 2000 and whatever, right? Well, you kind of have a way to take care of this, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah, so tell us about the RoboMart. Sure, so the RoboMart is the world's first self-driving grocery store. You just tap a button and the entire store comes to you, so you can shop right at your doorstep for the freshest produce and other groceries without paying a delivery fee. Now, when you say tap a button, you're talking on your smart device? That's correct, on so, your smartphone. Okay, so you have an app. Yes, and Walmart you app. And just, you just basically call the store to you. Yeah. So it comes to the curb, yeah. right? I go out and uh, let's say I want like three carrots and a head of lettuce and whatever. How do I pay for all this stuff at the end of this? So it's a full checkout free experience. We track everything using RFID. So once you unlock the doors, that's the only way to open the doors through the app. Once the doors open, we start the shopping engagement and you take whatever you want out. And when the doors close, we know exactly what was taken out during the time of the shopping engagement. And so we simply charge the card that you have on file. That is amazing, amazing. So, so you introduced this at CES last year. Yes. You didn't even have a prototype last year, did you? There's a model. Just something small, in here? Yes, three foot yes, model. yes. And here you are a year later, and this is a working model behind us? This is a working model. It's logged many miles. It's driven autonomously. And uh, we will be deploying very soon with one of our retail partners. Do you have regulatory hurdles that you have to get past? We do. Because of the fact that it's a driverless vehicle, there's no cabin, there's no driver, there's no way for any human to be inside the vehicle. Right. Um, there are challenges, but at the same time, we do have a green light in two jurisdictions. Okay. Uh, we've been speaking to a lot of the regulatory uh, bodies and, and uh, the stakeholders involved in that process. Uh, what we are doing is, for the initial deployments, we will teleoperate the roadmarks. So we won't be driving them fully autonomously, but teleoperation means that there'll be a remote driver that will still be in control of the vehicle. Okay. Okay. So they are more comfortable with that approach because even though the human's not in the car, they are in full control right. of the car. Right, right, right. 
So how do you see this with like uh, weather conditions? You know, northern part of the country has uh, some snow yes. occasionally, yeah. the thunderstorm, whatever. Does it work well in those conditions as well? Uh, it is tricky. Okay. So initially, during our deployments and our initial pilots, we will be uh, restricting it in geofenced areas, decent weather conditions, okay. and time of day. So we take those things into consideration, um, but. The plan is obviously to, to move towards full sure. level 4 autonomy uh, that can handle eventually all conditions. Yeah, you might just have to put some snow tires on it and chains, right? Yeah, that's so. true, that's true. <laughs> well, it's a pleasure. Appreciate you being Thank on you the so Tech Thank you so much. Ranch. Really appreciate it. Yeah. And this is your guru of geek, Marlo Anderson at CES 2019. Have you ever been at a convenience store, grocery store, and they got that tip jar there that you throw some money in to maybe give to charity or whatever? We got a better solution, don't we? We have an absolutely better solution. This is the world's first coupon dispensing tip jar. And how it operates is that when people actually apply the tip inside, there's sensors up top that actually dispense a customer appreciation coupon outside the dispensary. The businesses can actually customize these coupons through our website so it promotes their business. And on the backside, they can actually put inspirational quotes, any type of sales items, any type of announcements, fun facts, or whatever. The best part about this is as people got introduced to it, they started expanding what they wanted to use it for. If you don't mind holding that you for bet. me real quick. So the expansion started working where people started using it more for fundraising, charities, classroom behaviors, raffles, business card drops, as well as like family vacation saving that you can actually have the coupons printed out so you can learn about where you're headed to. Does the sensor in here tell if you're dropping bills or coins? At this point, at this stage of the game, this is our first model. It only it does not track how much money is dropped in, okay. but it does automatically. You can actually even use your fingertips or anything. Our goal is that every customer that approaches and comes into the business receives a coupon. Regardless if they tip or not, you want to show your appreciation to them. But nowadays, with everything being on phones and apps, we're going back to a coupon. So at the end of the day, when you lay your phone down, you don't necessarily see all the things you visited for the day. This, however, sits alongside the phone, will definitely bring some attention to where you were and what you're gonna be using the next day. So I'm gonna pick on, we were talking beforehand about my, my favorite taco joint, right? Yep. So let's say on Thursdays, they wanted to donate all the money they make in this to a charity, right? Yes. So they, this thing could spit out on Thursdays like a free taco yes. for your next visit. All you have to do is throw some money in this Yeah, thing. we actually encourage every business that owns one of these to take a certain portion of their tips and donate to a charity. So this way, consumers and the business are kind of going hand in hand and supporting a local charity or some type of an event that promotes good fortune everywhere. So where do we find these, Chris? These are available online through our website, which is www tipfortipjar.com T-I-P-F-O-R T-I-P-J-A-R.com Almost and misspelled it. <laughs> <laughs> and do you, are these available right now? They are available. In fact, okay. yesterday we yep. just had our first shipment arrive at our warehouse, so I had a nice picture arrive yesterday. It was a really nice thing to see. All right. Thank you, Chris. This Thank is you. your guru of geek, Marlo Anderson at CES 2019.
issues. It's a complex kind of subject. First, when we evaluate somebody with sleep problems, we have to determine if it's medically uh, related because there's many medical problems that uh, manifest, uh, come out with uh, sleep disturbances. So here with this product, we're really only talking about simple insomnia, which is a very common uh, disturbance. And usually the manifestation is people have trouble falling asleep. That's simple insomnia. Here we're talking about simple insomnia and how to counter it, how to uh, evaluate it, and how to give some kind of tool so that the person can do something about it. So the device that we've come up with is a simple wearable that uh, uh, you activate uh, uh, by pressing this button and what you'll feel is a gentle pulse on your skin. It's a, uh, a, a, a timed pulse that lasts for a 15 minute cycle. Uh, it is a certain resonance, it's a low frequency, uh, and it uh, has the same frequency and pulse rate for everyone, for uh, at every age, children as well as uh, seniors. Uh, so what happens uh, when you activate the device, uh, it acts simply as, uh, we call it, uh, a counter of sheep. So we're all familiar with that expression. Uh, so what this does, it, it does it for you. It counts the sheep for you. You put it on your wrist, you turn it on, you basically start concentrating on this pulsation in your arm. And you get out of this thoughts that are running through your mind, as the Buddhists call the monkey chatter. We found there's an 85% effectiveness rate uh, of people actually being able to relax and fall asleep with it. Uh, and, and, and it has an added benefit of not just being able to help you to fall asleep, it actually helps you to relax. So a lot of us are uh, prone to anxiety, and uh, uh, this can be worn discreetly on your wrist or held in your hand or uh, a place in your pocket, and uh, by putting your hand on it, you'll feel the pulse. And uh, once again, that conditioned uh, response will take effect and will actually calm you. And uh, so it has those uh, 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 abilities also. Uh, we also have it uh, uh, connectivity to Bluetooth where the device will actually track your sleep. Uh, it's a very simple tracking, uh, but it'll tell you basically when you woke, uh, how often, when, the times of the night. And then we have also uh, sleep apps that uh, help with uh, meditation and uh, educating yourself on, on better sleep. You could find it uh, uh, on our uh, website at dreamon.co then, or it'll probably be on Amazon. This is your guru of geek, and I'm looking forward to a great night's sleep in the future. Sleep well. Welcome back to the Tech Ranch. Let's get back to discovering the latest in technology with the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. It's really hard to believe that we've gone through an entire Tech Ranch without stuttering AI one time, but we have actually done that today. Uh, but we're not going to get through an entire show without talking about artificial intelligence. But this is an interesting twist 
on artificial intelligence that I don't think a lot of people really think about, and that's the use of resources. Of course, artificial intelligence is a computer, and it has to use electricity. It has parts, not unlike, you know, a computer, of course, where you have memory and you have, you know, all that stuff that goes along with creating a computer. And then when it runs, uh, it creates a lot of heat. And artificial intelligence is thirsty, thirsty for water. And it's, you know, it's something that people don't really think a lot about. But, but there's been a study done about um, how much water is used by artificial intelligence, generated uh, generative AI, and it poses a big problem, growing problem for big tech. And let's see here. There's, so for every 10 to 50 prompts, and I'll, I'll just back up real quick. So that basically means every 10 to 50 requests, questions, whatever, that you ask an AI like ChatGPT or Bard, uh, it gulps 500 milliliters of water, which is about a 16-ounce bottle. Now, it doesn't gulp it in a tradition like you and I would gulp, but it uses it to cool, which, of course, can be recycled. So sometimes I wonder about, you know, that on a global scale, probably doesn't have a whole, uh, a big impact because... Water is recycled all the time, right? So it's not a big impact there, but it could have impacts on areas that might not have enough water now. So if Google, for example, was going to build a, a data center in a water, a drought-stricken area, maybe uh, where water resources aren't real, was weren't real strong, then you would have this challenge of who gets the water, right? So I think, you know, as they move forward, they're going to have to be thinking about that. And they're going to have to think about, you know, how they're going to recycle maybe the water that they use, uh, maybe even being water positive in some areas so that they can build these plants. Uh, in fact, as I'm talking about this, I'm reading this article right now. Uh, in July, protesters took to the streets of Uruguay's capital to push back against Google's plan to build a data center. The proposal sought to use vast quantities of water at a time when the South American country was suffering its worst drought in 74 years. So this is interesting and something that people just really don't think a lot about. And so it's something that you should think about as well. Every time you ask ChatGPT, Bard, uh, any of the other AIs, uh, you're actually kind of adding to this problem of it takes a lot of additional resources to make that artificial intelligence works. But like anything else that starts up, I mean, you, you have kind of these growing pains and I'm going to guess that, you know, OpenAI and, and, and uh, Google and Microsoft, they're all going to figure out solutions uh, to make this situation better. But at this time, they're using a vast amount of water to cool. So just something to think about. You know, the other thing, too, uh, that I find interesting in, in the AI space is the use of gener generative AI uh, to create voices. We do that here already. 
Uh, there are times like when I'm not available to do something for National Day Calendar, for example, um, our sound engineer, Chris, who you hear occasionally on the show, he's on the show earlier today, um, he will use my AI uh, just to fill in a little bit in case I you know, mispronounced a word, which of course I do all the time, uh, stutter a little bit or whatever. He's looking to clean that up to make yours truly sound much better than I really am, uh, which is one of one of the wonderful things about generative AI. Uh, now you, you take that to people that you know the voices of. And one of those voices is legendary actor Jimmy Stewart. Now, of course, Stewart starred in It's a Wonderful Life, passed away in 1997, uh, but many people still know Jimmy Stewart because during the holidays, It's a Wonderful Life is a traditional movie that many, many people watch. And there's now a new bedtime story that is read or told by Jimmy Stewart. And the title of this story is It's a Wonderful Sleep Story. The bedtime tale kicks off on Christmas Eve, giving listeners a festive story as part of Calm's sleep stories. So Calm is the um, meditation app. So the meditation app Calm is the one who released this story, and they use generative AI to imitate Jimmy Stewart's voice, receive permission from the family and estate, which is managed by CMG Worldwide, and now you can listen to this new story by Jimmy Stewart. It's interesting, the world that we live in and uh, the possibilities that are happening because of this. Of course, I've, I've been to concerts with, you know, the holographic image of some of our actors. Kiss now is, I guess, coming out with, uh, they're on their final farewell tour right now, but they will continue to tour as a holographic band or holographic act after they're done with this. So these things, you know, you don't even have to be, um, you can still be with us, so to speak, and have these type of acts going on nowadays to, if, if you're a popular group, a popular actor, um, you think about um, Darth Vader, uh, the voice of Darth Vader, will live on in infamy now because of uh, James Earl Jones um, has actually, <laughs> I think that's the right actor, I think I'm right on that, uh, has actually signed a deal now uh, that will allow that voice to be used, or his voice to be used forever as Darth Vader. So these things are going to continue to progress, and I feel bad sometimes for current actors, voice actors, musicians, because they're not just competing against the people who are alive at the time. Um, they're going to be competing against, you know, all of these things. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, you think about the Beatles, Paul McCartney, uh, and their latest uh, album that just, or their latest song that just came out. And, you know, use a little generative AI there for John Lennon. They, and then, of course, it wouldn't surprise me if we start seeing things from Elvis Presley and Michael Jackson. Uh, all of these uh, are going to be, depending on the estates and the songs that come forward, uh, it will not surprise me sometime in the future that we're going to start seeing some of these songs in the top 40s. Uh, and you will have to, if you're 
a songwriter, an actor, a singer, a band. You have to compete against all this as well. So just some some things to think about. So we appreciate you being on the tech or listening to the Tech Ranch today. Uh, Steve, like I said, had to step away. This is your guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. Uh, bring her home today for you. Have an enjoyable weekend and swing on by next week as we're going to have our top 10 gifts of the 2023 holiday season. So make sure you swing by for that. Take care, everybody. And that's a wrap on another fantastic episode of The Tech Ranch. Remember, if you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. 